How many of you guys were here last Sunday? Come on now. All right, good. I, I, I didn't try to lie to you. It wasn't my intention to lie to you. I wouldn't even call it a lie, but you might think it is. Um, I said I was going to do three weeks, right? Um, repentance, forgiveness, and love. Three things I want to preach. If I ever get to preach again, here I am in front of you. And I, I agree, that's the three things I want to preach, but I'm not done with repentance yet. <laughs> I can't move on to forgiveness yet. Um, and I tried. I really tried to study forgiveness this week, and it just wasn't. Uh, God just kept reminding me of a message that I had set on my desk uh, about six months ago when we were going through a really, really hard time in our church. And, um, and I have been kind of like, Wondering when God was going to let me preach it, and today's the day, okay? So we're going to be on repentance one more week. I'm glad we took communion, but, um, you know, some of us might not have taken communion because, you know what, maybe there's sin between you and God, or maybe you're not saved, or maybe there's something between you and somebody else, and if that's, and that's true, that's okay. Like, this is biblical, right? And so I, I want to I deal with... Um, Healthy sin restoration, right? I wanna, we want to restore some relationships, in, in so to speak. And I want to teach you as your pastor how to do that because sin's an issue. Everybody say sin's an issue. Do you believe that? I mean, it really is. It's my own issue, but it's an issue in my family. It's an issue uh, between me and my wife. It's an issue, uh, you know, in the church with employees, right? Or, or you're in your small group. Like, these are issues. And so I think we just need to be honest at church about, like, we need a good plan, a good process for how we're going to restore uh, sin when it happens. And um, pray it doesn't get to that, but when it does, we want to have a good plan. So I'm going to preach um, this message, Repentance Leads to Forgiveness. This is just the bridge. Next week is forgiveness. I want to say I promise, but I'm not going to do it because I don't want to be a liar. But uh, whatever God has for us, uh, repentance leads to forgiveness. I, I want to take a deeper dive into repentance, and I want to be clear with the goal. Here's the goal. Three things. Repentance, forgiveness, and restoration. That's what we're going for in this message. Repentance, more, more of it, deeper, okay? Forgiveness. This is just the tip of the iceberg on that. More on that next week. And restoration, right? Sin restoration. That is really the goal. Let me pray for us. And then we're going to be in Matthew chapter 18. Um, let's pray. <sighs> Heavenly Father, you're holy. And it's your holiness that um, brings us to a message like this. We know that you're loving at the same time that you're holy. And so we can say the things we say today with love, truth, grace. We pray, God, that it will be informative, that it will move us, that we'll practice everything that you say in your word, and that this chapter, Matthew 18, will become a real... Um, solid foundation for a church that wants to be in unity. And I pray it in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Amen. Amen. How good and pleasant it is for brothers and sisters to dwell in unity. That's from Psalms. I keep coming back to that, and I uh, think this is going to really help to that degree. Um, If you're in your uh, Bible, Matthew 18, uh, just a little recap of the chapter. The disciples come to Jesus and they say, who's the greatest? And uh, then he gets to temptations to sin. And those verses 1 through 9, I'll just put this heading over that. It's uh, don't cause others to sin. Uh, And yet sometimes we do. But that's what God's saying. Don't cause others to sin. Um, Let's not sin and cause others to sin. And then he gets to chapter uh, 18, verses 10 through uh, 14, and this is really the parable of the lost sheep, but if you remember from last week, we were in Luke chapter 15, right? Which is the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the prodigal son, which is what we just left off on. So we're leaving, uh, Jesus just gets done with this, right? And he's like, here you go, here's what's next. <laughs> and that's what we're going to go after today. So it's so fitting, we were at the prodigal son, now we're here at uh, how do we do this sin restoration thing. So uh, 10 through 14, God's loving pursuit of sinners. And then verses 15 through 20, this is what we're going to cover today, my loving pursuit of sinners, right? Because we have a role to play in pursuing sinners as well, lovingly. And um, then 21 through 35 is forgiving, forgiving one another, having a forgiving heart having a heart for restoration. So we'll get to that next week. How about that? But we're going to get this uh, little section here in between the parable of the lost sheep, the the prodigal son, and that repentance that we talked about last week, and this passage we're going to go after next week with the forgiveness. There's just this little five verses. And I don't think we can skip those five verses. I don't think God will allow us to skip those five verses. And so I just want to read them for you and give you a good plan for how we can go about sin restoration. Forgiveness leads, or repentance leads to forgiveness. Here it is. If your brother in Christ, right? Not, not just like your physical brother, not my brother John Diedrich, but, but your brother, anybody here that calls the name of Christ, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Now, if you're visiting with us today, maybe this is the first time you've ever gone to church, somebody invited you to Harvest, it's such a cool church, Uh, you're going to feel the love of God, there's going to be the Holy Spirit's there, you might be like, what just happened I got sold. Um, Here's the deal. Like this is maybe one of the most difficult passages in the New Testament as far as like it's hard to hear, you know, that we need to confront one another, rebuke one another's sin. Um, 
But we do it with love. I want to make sure we know that. Right? This is a loving thing. Um, when I say repentance leads to forgiveness, I really had to think about that title a few times. Is that true? Because won't God just forgive me if I don't repent? So I think some of us grew up in a church that taught that what repentance wasn't necessary for salvation. That if you just were a good church kid, better than the world, and you uh, said a prayer, that you're saved. And I, uh, you know, I thought that too. And then I read the scriptures more, and I was like, hold on. Repentance is always a part of salvation. If you've never repented of your sin, then you've never received forgiveness from the Lord, and you're not in a relationship with him. That might be bad news for somebody here, but really it's not bad news, it's good news. Because you wouldn't want to walk off into eternity thinking something that wasn't true, okay? So it's really good news. It might feel like bad news, but it's really good news. And so I just want to say, as we as a church of insiders, right, like people that come here every week talk about this hard topic, I just, if you're here visiting, I just want you to just hang on till the end, right? Don't cast judgment. Just listen, 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 listen to how we're, we're going to handle all this in a biblical way. And then, and at the end, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you understand uh, just a little bit more of the loving part too. Okay, all right. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. I thought what Brett said this morning was so true. Jesus is here. He's here. There's more than two or three, <laughs> okay? And he's here. And uh, he wants to lovingly speak to each of us, right? Just specifically to us, each of us, individually, and to, and to tenderly, right, take us where we're at and just, and just lead us into righteousness. And I love that about God, and, and I'm here, Lord, listening to you. Hmm. So, binding, loosing, we bind sin, right? We're trying to bind up the sin, the wickedness of our own heart, and maybe of the heart of somebody in our small group, or uh, if they can't see it. Um, and we're trying to lose something. What are we trying to lose? Grace, forgiveness, love, the fruits of the Spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit himself. We're trying to lose all of that in this place. So this is why this uh, passage is so important. If we don't bind up the sin in our own lives and the lives of others in the church, right? And if we let it run rampant, that's a horrible thing. Because then forgiveness and love and grace is bound up. <laughs> and so you could see why this is such a big deal. All right, so let's get to the outline. Here, here it is. Um, remember the word love. Have you written it down somewhere? Anybody written it down? If you haven't written that down, you're not listening. <laughs> okay, love, love, love. Okay, so with love, I want to commit. So just write this down, I commit to, right? Maybe it's already in your bulletin. I commit to. This is a commitment we make 
as believers in Jesus Christ. So yesterday we had a members meeting. And in the members meeting, I restated, here's the four membership agreements. These are the four membership commitments we have. And, and the third one is, I will walk with Christ in, in church, spiritual disciplines, and then small group. Yep, blah, blah, blah. But then it's like, at the end, it's like, I'll walk in community with other believers when I am personally offended, when sin's an issue between me and another person, I will go directly and lovingly to only those involved, right? And I'm going to handle it that way. And that sets our apart, this church, our church, God's church here, apart from a lot of churches I've been involved in because, you know, we're not talking to somebody else about it. We're talking to them about it. We're talking to the Lord about it. And that is what we want to do. So we got to make a commitment. Everybody ready to make a commitment today? Well, you might want to hear what they are, right? Right? But like, I'm going to just say, like, I want to make a commitment, right, to these things that God teaches in his word. And it's real simple. Here it is. I commit to, number one, making sure sin is the issue. Make sure sin is the issue. You know, in the world we live in, with everybody critical about everybody else and everything you say is scrutinized, this became more real to me lately as a senior pastor than ever before. You know, it's like everything you say can and will be used against you. And it doesn't matter if it's in context, out of context, it doesn't matter. Just like if you said it, it's wrong, right? And um, we're all kind of under that scrutiny, right? I was at a game yesterday and the official made a bad call and I, I said, uh, you made a bad call. I mean, just straight out. I was just like, that's a travel. Just came right out. And everybody's always scrutinizing everybody else. Right? Well, from my angle, that was a travel. What was it from your angle? Right? And uh, I think we just have to be uber careful in our world right now. Make sure sin is the issue. Make sure it's sin. Okay? Make sure it's not a personal preference. Make sure it's sin. So here it says, in God's word, right here, this is what you did, this is what God's word says, in love, I'm bringing this to you. Not personal preferences. That's the hardest thing, right? Not my personal preferences about the scriptures, but what it clearly says, just that. Keep it to action sins, and attitude sins, which come out in actions, right? But don't touch the motives. Don't think you know what somebody else is thinking. Don't assume motives. This is so important. So chapter and verse. So I thought, just turn over to, just really quickly, Second Thessalonians chapter 3, because I know you need this modeled for you. And so I'm going to give you two passages really quickly. I'm not going to belabor it. I'm just going to read it. I'm going to move on. And you're going to see clearly what the sin is. And that's it. That's all I'm looking for. So then you can practice that if somebody is lazy around you. Okay? All right. Here you go. So 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, just a real clear illustration. Sorry, this is a, a lot of uh, information today. Now we command you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness. They're lazy. They're not working for Christ, right? And not in accordance with the tradition that you receive from us. For you 
yourself know how you ought to imitate us because we were not idle. Is this about idleness? I'm pretty sure it's about idleness. When we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it, but we, with toil and labor, we worked. Okay, so we're not supposed to like just sit on our hands. We're supposed to work night and day that we might not be a burden to any one of you. It was not because we do not have the right, but to give you in ourselves an example to imitate. For even when we were with you, we would give you this commandment. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. Now I'm going to make one application to this. I said I was just going to read it, but I'm going to make one application. Is he talking about physically or is he talking about spiritually? Okay? And my um, interaction with the scripture, he's talking about both. If you don't have a job, why should we be paying for you to eat? Right? And if you aren't rolling up your sleeves and working in church, why should we all be, you know, feeding you spiritual food? <laughs> right? So I think it's both and. Um, and usually in scripture, God's just so much bigger than us. Usually in scripture, we're trying to find the one meaning. And it's like, here's a, th- 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 all three, four or five of these. <laughs> For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Now, such persons we command and encourage. There's the love. Command is a little bold. Encourage is like the love in Jesus Christ, in the Lord Jesus Christ, to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. It's a good word, right? Okay, just a couple uh, uh, pages to the right, you're going to find Titus. And Titus chapter 3, he gives us just another example, okay? And Paul's writing these letters to people and he's trying to solve problems like, you know, Philippians 4 is a good uh, uh, one too, but like, I'm just going to read this for you. Verse 8 of chapter 3, Titus 3, chapter 3, verse 8. Okay, this saying is trustworthy and I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed in God, right? So this is brothers and sisters in Christ, may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people. But avoid, now, now here's what we avoid, right? We do good works and we avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, like I'm better than you, my lineage is better than yours, dissensions, quarrels about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. As for a person who stirs up division after warning him once and then twice, have nothing more to do with him knowing that such a person is wrapped in, uh, uh, is warped and sinful, he is self-condemned. All right, these are just examples from Scripture. I'm going to go back to the text now in Matthew 18. And so you would come to somebody with that chapter and verse is like, hey, son, daughter, you're still living with me. You don't have a job. It seems like a sin, Like, no, it doesn't seem like. Here's chapter and verse. You're a believer in Jesus Christ. You need to get a job. Like, I mean, do you get what what I'm saying? Like, there's other scenarios. I can't paint every different scenario. You're going to have to use some wisdom and listen to the Holy Spirit. But that's just a couple examples. If somebody's being divisive in the church, sowing discord among believers, 
Hey, we don't have any ears for that, okay? So I think that's really important. Those are two good examples. I commit to making sure sin is the issue. All right, that's one. You see it in the text here, verse 15. If your brother sins against you, not if he does something you don't like and it's a preference, but if he sins, that's the thing. Okay, number two. What's the next word? Go. <laughs> go. If your brother sins against you, go. Right? Go and tell him his fault. Go. So, going gently. I commit to making sure sin is the issue. I commit to going gently. Galatians 6.1, I'll put it on the screen. It's just a great passage that reiterates the gently part because the going is there, but the spirit is gently, and you see it here. Brothers, sisters, if anyone is caught in a, in a transgression, that means sin, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. That's really important. Keep watch on yourself lest you too be tempted to sin, right? Don't fall into the same sin. Don't sin because others are sinning. Don't heap sin upon sin. Go here, the word means continually going, keep going. This isn't a one and done thing. This isn't like, I went to them one time and they didn't hear me. This is like, well, maybe you should go again. Maybe you should go again. Sometimes you go three, four, five times. Next week when we talk about forgiveness, you're gonna hear how many times. Like, like, like Keep counting. We should go. So you need to go to the person and only the person instead of gossiping or wallowing in it or, you know, getting even by saying something bad about them or, or just denying it. Sometimes we just deny that we have a problem with the person. But, you know, it keeps coming up. When you're not wanting to think about it, you're all of a sudden thinking about it in the shower. You're like, that person, I don't like them. Yeah, that's what it is. And then you know it's, it's starting to be time to go gently to them. The tone is important. You need to come full of grace and truth because Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, is full of grace and truth and because he loves them and because you love them. All right, it's, let me say this. It's hard to receive a rebuke. Anybody? There's one thing that's harder. It's really hard when somebody rebukes you. It's hard to receive it. So let's be humble and receive when we can, okay? Let's just be as humble as we can. But you know what's harder? It's harder yet to give a rebuke in loving humility. That's the hardest thing. That is the hardest thing. So just, just be really cautious. Don't run to this. But when you go, go gently and continually, okay, to the person. So how do I decide if I should go or not? Just write that down. How, should, how, how do I decide if I should go or not? Right? I'm going to give you three steps, okay? Here's the first one. Somebody offends you. This happens all the time at my house between my wife and I, right? It's like, okay, I didn't like it when you said that. I didn't like how you said that. I didn't like what you do. Okay, like, what are you going to do? Make them out of a molehill every time. No, no, no. Sometimes you got to roll it off your back, right? So write that down. Roll it off your back. That's the first step. Should I go? Roll it off your back. Forget about it. Just forget about it. It was one time. That's it. 
They said something you just didn't really like? Forget about it. Roll it off your back. Maybe they didn't mean what you thought they meant. Maybe they don't understand the situation you're in. They don't know how much it hurt you, right? They don't know. And so you can give them grace. You, you must not have all the facts. Just operate that way, okay? And about one out of 10 things gets through. Nine out of 10, 90%, done with it. I just forgot about it. All right, next thing. Okay, roll it off your back. Second thing, roll it off to God. Roll it off to God. So you got to roll it off to God, okay? So roll it off to God. So pray. Talk to God first about it before you ever talk to the person. God, I don't understand, right? Speak to God about it first. God, help me to understand them. Help me understand their heart. Help me to under have the heart for them that you have for them. I need that. Okay. God will help you. He'll provide insight and he'll give you peace and closure and you may never have to go to the person, which would be awesome, right? So I'd say about one out of 100 things should get through here, okay? So you're about 90%, 99% done now. One out of 100 offenses now is gonna squeak through and that's what we're spending the rest of the time on. So this is really small and I'm making it big because I'm spending a whole message on it, right? But the reason is because this really small thing is like cancer and it spreads and it's nasty and it needs to be taken out. Roll it off, to, roll it off your back, roll it off to God and then this, go to the person. Go to the person. Now, how are we going to go? Gently. <laughs> go gently. Okay? Go gently. So, when, when we handle things God's way, it brings about the result, what we want, which is restoration. All right, now, next thing. Um, make sure sin is the issue. I commit to that. I commit to going gently, and I commit to bringing clarity. So, I need you to think about this. Uh, it says here, go and tell him his fault. Be specific. Chapter and verse, like I said before, just the facts, just the evidence, okay? Lay the evidence before the person, go with questions, ask for clarity, and, uh, you know. Now, here's one, one key to this. Don't get all emotional, right? If you bring all this emotion into it, like, and you're crying and you hurt me so bad or you get really angry I can't believe you did that and you know you blow up on them like you are you're making them feel the pain right that's not that's not what we're talking about right? we're not we're not trying to make them feel pain we're trying to bring clarity so just calmly and if you can't go calmly don't go just calmly come state facts Ask for information, um, let it come to the light. In an effort to restore the relationship that Jesus Christ has with them and has with you and with each other, okay? Speak the truth in love. That's a great verse, Ephesians 4.15, if you want to write it down. You can go to them plainly, simply, clearly. This is how, what you said. This is how it made me feel. This is why I believe that's a sin. Um, can we talk about that? All right. And then... This is really important. Number four, I commit to speaking privately. We stink at this one. In this day and age, we want to tell everybody. It's out on Facebook. I'm telling my small group. I'm telling everybody but them first. 
right? And I'm just telling you, this is great wickedness and is not what the Bible teaches. Look at it. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Could the Bible be any more clear? I'm, no. I mean, that's just clear. Okay, so don't get anybody else involved. I've already said just God, right? He can handle it. But nobody else can really handle it. Why? Because love covers a multitude of sins. That's why. Let love cover it until you know how they're going to respond. Okay? 1 Peter 4.8. I could be wrong. I could be way wrong about the person and the situation. I could be, maybe they didn't mean it the way, just so come humbly, okay? The person might not be aware. Have you ever heard of blind spots? Do you have any? Don't know, I can't see them. I mean, seriously, right? So don't you need other people in your life? Isn't that what small group is about? I can't see it. Could you tell me what's around the corner, Ben? You know, like help me see it. And uh, that can be really helpful. Didn't see it coming because I can't see it. And um, so they might not be aware. You know, for me, I offend people without knowing it. I just do. It's been a it's been a constant thing. It's like people are offended. I had no idea. They don't tell me, and then it just festers, and it's horrible. And um, so, if you have a problem with me personally, please anything I've said, please come to me personally. I would love to talk to you about that. Why do you go privately? Because if he listens to you, you have gained your brother. Just think about that. You're back in fellowship. That is huge. And fellowship is so important. There's no enduring relationships apart from forgiveness. Okay? I think about the elder room, the things you go through. And I want to just put a couple verses up from Proverbs. These are really true. Okay? Proverbs 27. Just better is open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. These are Proverbs. This is wisdom. And I have found it true with, with the elders. When we get in a room and there's, there's good banter back and forth and like we can be really honest with each other, like that's a really sweet thing, okay? And uh, I long for that, not just in the elder room, but in the whole church, right? Everybody. Uh, doing that in a loving way. You see in your paper it says you have a choice. Right here you have a choice. So you bring this to the person that's offended you. It's sin. You're going gently. You know, you're going to get some clarity. You're speaking privately. Just them and you. There's a choice now, isn't there? They can choose to see it, repent. They might tell you, hey, this is what's going on. And you might be, oh, I didn't get that. And you might be like, hey, dude, I forgive you, man. That's, it's not even a thing. There's a choice there, okay? But if there's no repentance and there's no forgiveness, there's no restoration, and then the process keeps going, you'll see it here in the next verse, verse 16. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. 
So here's number five. I commit to involving one to two, one or two other, this is key, healthy believers. Don't involve the person that you've been talking to them, already sin, okay? And you have them on your side. And they're like, let's go set them straight. That is great wickedness. Bring with you your small group leader if you're in the same small group or a flock leader or somebody who's wise and mature, healthy, somebody you know is reading the Bible and living it as best they can. Somebody that knows you and knows the person, somebody that will be fair, somebody that will ask good questions and mediate the situation. Now, you're like, well, how do I know if they're healthy or not? Well, when you ask them, when you present the problem, sin, and you ask them to help you, guess what they're going to do? Did you do one, two, three, four? That's a healthy person. If they're like, hey, did, did, did you do, is it sin for sure? You know, it, did you go gently? Did you, did you and they're, they're saying all these four things, you know they're healthy. If they're like, yeah, whatever, man, dude, you need me, I'll go. You might want to like, well, do you want to talk about uh, biblical things first before we go? Might have the wrong person, okay? Just that's a good checkup. This right here, this step increases the pressure. So be careful in taking this step, right? You might want to return to one through four a couple times before you get to this because once you do five, you've increased the pressure and you've put it on a time clock, right? Now there's other people involved. The circle of influence is bigger. It's spreading. And we want to keep it contained. It's time to repent. It's time to get right. And it's time now. So, number six, reestablish the evidence of sin. So go to the person, verify, here, chapter and verse, here's the sin, here's what we're talking about, mediate, here's, here's where I see your sin, here's where I see you doing wrong, be, be fair, equal, well, equal is probably not the right word, but be biblical. Now say that you're wrong and let's go, right? Now say that you're wrong and let's go. And let's move forward together in love in Christ Jesus. What has Christ done for us, right? And um, just helping people walk through one, two, three, four again. Avoid these things. Attacking others' motives. I know why you said that. Don't do that. You're not God. Avoid bringing in the drama. I've already said that, but I want to reiterate it. You hurt me so bad, right? And avoid self-righteousness. Avoid self-righteousness. I know, you don't get it. You're a liar, I'm right. Like, dude, you gotta avoid all of that. Steer clear. Now, you have another choice. If he refuses to listen to you, now what? Well, verse 17 is, is clear. If he refuses to listen to you, you have another choice, right? Repent, forgive, restoration. Are we going to go or are we not going to go? And uh, verse 17 kind of finishes it up. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. All right, now. 
tell it to the church. Some people believe that this means we ought to have a portion in our service where we're going to read lists of names and we're going to say, this person sinned and they're out. This person sinned and they're out. This person sinned and they're not repenting and they're out. Does anybody like want to throw up right now? That is not church. That is pharisaical. I don't know what that is. Um, We're we're not going to do that. There is a case for that in Timothy, right? 1 Timothy 5. You can go look it up. When an elder, like if I was caught in a sin, if I was, God, please no. If I was caught in adultery or some gross sin, like everybody in the church should know right? And a leader, it's like, everybody's going to know this is what happened. He was or he wasn't repentant. And this is what we're going to do. Okay. And there's a case for that, but not with everyone. Right. And we have a situation, we have a situation right now, right? Somebody's leaving their spouse and they won't return my call. They won't return their small group leaders call. They won't return our discipleship pastors call. They, you know, we're talking about, are we going to go to their house today? Right, just do, 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 do. See, you said when we agreed, when you made a commitment to membership, when you said you love Jesus, you said you wanted us to come for you if you were ever straying off the path. And right now, you're straying off the path. We love you. If you're a believer, we're calling you back. If you're not a believer... You're not going to listen anyway, so we love you, right? And that's hard. That's hard. But, but it's happened a few times in our church, and, and we want to be very, I'm not mentioning names for a reason. We want to be very careful. We want to we'll keep the circle closed, and repentance or not repentance determines what will happen next. And then we'll probably go to the small group where that circle of influence is with a couple of others and we'll say, this is what we did, this is what happened, and this is how you should treat this person because we love them. And how does it say that you should treat them? So here, here's number seven. Submitting the sin to the elders, okay? To the church leaders, right? We're gonna just go tell the whole church Let's tell the spiritual authority we're under. Let's let them handle it biblically. Let's keep the circle to where it should be. Because it's a cancerous cell and we want to keep it tight. So, the Bible's the authority. The elders are the authority. Let's get up under that. Let's get that person under whatever authority they, you know, maybe it's somebody from another church. Take it to that church. Get it under that authority. Um, And then this last thing. There's a choice there again. Sorry, I'm rushing now. There's a choice there again. Repent, not repent. Forgive, not forgive. Number eight, setting the sin outside the church in love. That is so important, in love, okay? There are times when you have to go to a person, you have to say, you can't come here anymore. You can't come to this church. And that's really hard. I think we've done it like two or three times. And really, the reason we've done it is not, you know, we have two services. One spouse could come at 9 and another at 11, right? But a lot of times, the spouse that's leaving doesn't care. 
I don't care if I hurt my spouse. I don't care who I sin against. I don't care. And so we're trying to protect the one who's being hurt because that's what the Bible calls elders to do. We protect the sheep, the true sheep. You're not acting like a sheep. You're acting like a wolf right now. Get outside, right? And um, it says here that you should treat him like a Gentile and a tax collector. So now I know this guy named Jesus who was accused of hanging out with Gentiles and tax collectors. So let's just let that counsel us, right? I'm not saying like they're out, I'm never talking to them again. I'm saying, you know, it's a, it's a prime opportunity to share the love of Jesus Christ with them and shine the light of the gospel with them. They, they say, they say they're saved. They act like they're not. There's no fruit. They're either living in rebellion against the salvation they once had. You know, if they're saved, they're coming back. If they're not, they're not, right? They need to repent for the first time. So hopefully that's all clear. The problem is with all of this, it's cancer, right? So it's like a lot of people want to be like, oh, that's so harsh and that's so, okay, so I want you to just, just imagine that you got a doctor's, um, somebody might have this right here, right now. You got um, the word. You have cancer. How would you handle that? Eh, not a big deal. We could wait on that a while. It's not important. No, no, you're like, um, what's, what's the prognosis? Like, wh- wh- how soon should we operate? Um, who will be holding the scalpel? <laughs> you want to make sure it's going to be steadier. Like, you, you want that thing out now. I want to be free from this now. And so um, there's an urgency to these things, but I've tried to keep it really slow today because there's a gentleness and a love that needs to encapsulate all of this. And so I just want to close our service this way. Um, Titus 1.16. There are people who they profess to know God, but they deny him by their works. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for any good work. And as elders, um, you know, you have to be careful with people like that. And as members of a body, you have to be careful with people like that. You have to love them carefully, is how I'd say it. When they say they're saved, but they're not, you're like, who am I to judge? Well, they're acting like they're not. So what are you going to do? You can only take what's in front of you. Some of you are here today and... um, you can't see your own sin. And I get it, and sometimes I can't see my own sin, and so you need someone to come lovingly confront you. And I would just pray that you would be open to that this week as somebody might come to you because I'm calling us, church, to resolve all conflict this week. There should be no conflict left this week. (laughs) No, it might reoccur, I get it. But all known conflict must cease. It's 2019. This is a fresh start. If you have anything against anyone else, you're on the clock. I'm calling you to repent, to forgive, to restore that relationship in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Right? Now, I said, if you are not a believer in Jesus Christ, you're just visiting with us, hopefully you can see now 
that we want to love each other so well that you're maybe more attracted to being a part of this than you've ever been. I don't know if that's true, but I hope that that's true. And um, I would just say, your thing to work on this week is with Jesus, right? If you've never, you know, you've sinned against Jesus. We all know that, right? And if you don't know that, then, then you have a blind spot too. But you've sinned against Jesus and he has every right to say that you should go to hell, honestly, that you should be separated from him for eternity. But he made a way, he came, he died on a cross, he shed his blood, right? This is why we take communion. His body broken for us, his blood spilled for us. He died for you to pay for that and he's asking you lovingly, he's confronting you today and he's saying, would you come? Won't you be free from that? Won't you cut the cancer out? You don't need to have that in you anymore. You can be saved. So your business is with Christ this week. That's the person that's confronting you right now. And you have a choice and another choice and another choice and another choice to repent and to restore that relationship with Jesus Christ. And I pray that you'll take it seriously. And I pray that you'll ask somebody here, how do I get right with God? Because we'd love to tell you about it. It's so good to have a healthy, vibrant relationship with Jesus and with other believers. That's what we're going for in 2019, church. This is a fresh start. Let's take it seriously. Let's stand. Father, so grateful. So grateful to you for giving us the scriptures, for giving us clear direction. We love you. And we give you, we give you our heart, our soul. We lay everything we have and everything we are at your feet. Do with us what you want. We repent, God, every one of us. We repent of where we're wrong and we're wrong before you. Thanks for forgiving us. Thanks for restoring a relationship with us. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, I pray it.